Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This evening, I'm sitting on Zoom with my guest, Lauren Guju, who is a member of the worship committee at Yellowknife United Church. Lauren, welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. It's great to have you on the show tonight. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. And it's it's just wonderful to meet you. We're, we're just meeting now for the first time over Zoom. We've been chatting uh, for a few minutes, getting to know one another a little bit. Um, and I, I'm excited to welcome our online listeners into this conversation where we can collectively get to know who Lauren is and what Lauren's up to up in Yellowknife. So uh, I reached out through your Facebook page and wasn't sure who I would end up speaking to, but I was just really interested in hearing a bit about what your faith community and what the Yellowknife community has been experiencing this summer, uh, how everyone's doing, uh, just reaching out to offer our support from our tiny little community here in, in Basha and our online community of faith. So what is Yellowknife uh, United Church all about and, and how are you guys all doing right now? Well, thank you. It's it's nice to know that uh, some other churches uh, um, are reaching out and offering their support. That really does mean a lot. There there have been a lot of um, offers of, of support. And as people, as the evacuation came along, there were lots of former Yellowknifers. The old joke is people that live in Yellowknife know more Yellowknifers who uh, used to live in Yellowknife than they do who currently live in Yellowknife because it's, <laughs> it's a conveyor belt. We live on a conveyor belt, right? right so right. Um, thank you very much for that, for that support. We, we have been very held ba- basically and supported during the, the time before uh, during and, and after the evacuation. Um, our, our congregation uh, Yellowknife United Church uh, worships in uh, a building called Northern United Place. And many years ago, um, the Yellowknife United Church was a proper church, like an actual building. And uh, the minister and the treasurer at the time were really the leaders of the idea that someone was going to come with a big truck, take the building away, and they built a, 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 a multi-tower complex called Northern United Place that houses dozens of vulnerable people who meet certain criteria. So we're, we provide housing through the Community Services Corporation of the Northwest Territories. There are multi-purpose areas for, um, for uh, reasonable rates for groups that need multi-purpose rooms. And one of those is the auditorium. And the United Church worships in the auditorium. So rather than a church that is empty six days out of seven that you're paying to heat and, 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 and insure and all that kind of stuff, we provide housing to vulnerable people. We have an anchor a uh, corporate client uh, on several floors of one of the towers. Uh, we have uh, a number of uh, NGOs and volunteer groups that use our multi-purpose areas. Uh, plus, we also have uh, our worship, uh, uh, our community that worships there. And until recently, there was a second uh, denomination, uh, which sadly, uh, uh, they were not no longer viable. Yellen, our, our friends at uh, Holy Family Lutheran Church, does uh they dissolved uh, their association uh, just at the end of last calendar year in the little chapel. So there's the we have this beautiful building, um, and like many denominations, we're we're vital and vibrant and exciting, but we're also facing diminishing numbers and so on. So um, that's that's our that's our community, that's our congregation. We're also without a minister at the moment. We had um, for three years a, a wonderful minister. Uh, and, and her spouse who came and joined us for three years. And then at the end of that contract, which uh, happened in the spring, uh, we have been having lay-led worship while the search is on for another minister. So uh, that is something that is a reality for us. 
in our worship community. We're downtown. We're kind of like a small town slash rural um, uh, congregation, but we're also in the capital city of the Northwest Territories, which is a complex, odd, unexpected mix of things. So you will have a lot of people who are struggling with the residual influence of uh, res residential school um, uh, addictions and, and trauma and uh, mental health issues and, and so on. Um, there are a lot of uh, new, newly arrived Canadians. Uh, it's a very cosmopolitan and multicultural city. So some of the user groups that will come in and use our auditorium, uh, there will be like some of the most fascinating, interesting international dinners and gatherings in what is also our church. Uh, and one of the nice things I see, at, we, at the front of our church, we have, there's a cross and there are a couple of banners. Uh, one of the banners is a lovely handmade banner that says, uh, the windows of heaven were open with some northern lights on it. And then there's one of God's hand holding the earth and it just has God on it. And no matter whether it's a political meeting or a special concert or a guest or a thing or whatever, I don't know how many times that crucifix and the two posters with the windows of heaven were opened and God have appeared on the front page of the yellow knife. <laughs> all these meetings happen in our church, which is yeah. happens to be a big public space in, in our city. Right. 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 It's, 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 it's very, and that people think I'm just going to go and rent Northern United place because they've got a commercial kitchen and they've got this big auditorium. They've got the AV set up. Oh, and it's a church too. Yeah, that's right. So that's, right. that's a little bit about who we are. Oh, I love that. That's a great synopsis and kind of overview of, I can just picture the space and getting, getting a little bit of a picture of, uh, of the community uh, through through your storytelling and and it sounds amazing. It sounds challenging as well. I mean, like the the idea of uh, of filling that that empty position for uh, in ministry in a community where it is so transient that it must be challenging to to find you know uh, a minister that will that that can come into that full time position and and hopefully stick around uh, for a longer period of time. Yeah. Yeah, and I was involved in the previous uh, uh, the uh, the joint needs assessment committee, uh, yeah. but not the search committee. And that that it took a long time. We were very happy when we got the person that we did, and you know it was a, it was a lovely three year contract. And then things mm. change, right? And then sure. we're we're on the search again. So we yeah. we 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 pray and we hope that uh, that the the right person will come and we will be the right place for them. Yeah, I'm sure that will happen uh, eventually. And, and it sounds like you have some. Uh, some leaders in within uh, the congregation that are able to to step up in the me in the meantime. We we have sort of an interesting uh, model of ministry here in our community. Where we've formed, I think it was it's been about five years now, or maybe six years already, that we formed what we call Rising Spirit Ministry, which was a partnership between Bashir United Church and Pinocchio United Church, mm -hmm. um, and they were. Uh, facing some of the similar challenges of declining numbers, like so many churches are at the time. And uh, we began a partnership where we actually share a full-time minister between these two neighboring churches, only 30 miles apart, mm -hmm. but we weren't part of the same uh, pastoral charge. We weren't uh, connected in, in any official way, but we just decided, you know what, we might bend a few little rules here uh, and there, but we're going to try this and see see how it works. And we use live streaming technology to share one minister uh, who would, so Robin, Robin King, our minister, 
who we had in Basha every Sunday before this partnership, he will alternate and go back and forth between Basha or Pinoka, but he doesn't go to both communities each Sunday. So we have church at 10.30 a.m., so does mm-hmm. Pinocchio United Church. And if, if it's a Sunday where he's with us, then they have him on the screen through live streaming. For uh-huh. the learning, so for the children's uh, message, like the learn, what we call the learning together, and then for the message or the sermon. And then for the rest of the service, it's led by a lay leader in that community. And then it flips the next week where we have a rotation of, you know, four or five, six different people that take turns leading the service in Basha when Robin is over in Pinoka. And it works amazingly well. We've got, a great, uh, we got a great tech team that uh, has helped to set up a system that, you know, almost anybody could, could run and click through the, the slide deck to have all the, the hymn lyrics up on the screen and run the videos. And uh, it's pretty neat what, what we've been able to, to create in a couple of really small communities um, and just finding kind of an innovative approach to, to filling the needs with, you know, one minister instead of two. So we're actually in the process of uh, conversations with a couple other rural communities in, uh, in Alberta, in central Alberta that are uh, looking at, you know, joining in with rising spirit in some capacity or another, and possibly uh, using some of our, live streamed services for either a portion or all of, of their services too. So um, yeah, if, there, if there's any, ever uh, ways that we can connect and discuss possible collaborations or things that we can do to support each other um, from, from where we're at, then we'd sure, sure be open to that. And, and I you. think that, you know, we, we kind of have to, to do things like that as faith communities to, uh, I mean, even when we're not facing something like the acute stress of, a natural disaster like wildfires displacing our community members just survival is, is uh you know we we, we want to aim a little bit higher than just hanging on there and and mm-hmm. existing for another year we want to really thrive in our community and i know yes. you I'm, I'm sure we all want the same thing there but uh it seems that we're in a place now in our societies where as faith communities we we can't just do what we always used to do if we want to, uh, if we want yeah. to drive. Yeah. Yeah. We had a wonderful visioning activity in March, uh, just yeah. as the, the, the end of our time with the minister was drawing to, it was coming to an end. And yeah, a former congregation member who is uh, a long standing leader within our congregation, um, uh, their partner and, and they had retired and then, then they moved down South and, uh, but still have family in town. So they had come up and facilitated because they're, They've been away long enough that they've got distance, but they're still of the north, right? They still know mm-hmm. us. Facilitated this wonderful visioning activity of just what you've said. What are the things that we value? And how can we not just survive? How can we prosper and do what we want to do, but in the realities that we're currently facing? And it was, sure. it was actually, it was very hopeful. It was very hope-filled. And 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 we uh, we look at those notes from time to time as we go forward, and and whatever we envisioned there, I think will still inform um, when we do get our new minister. The those directions are still valid, right? And wow. and some of it's innovative, some of it's a little outside the box, as mm. it has. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can so relate to that. And tell me, Lauren, is your faith community? Um, quite progressive, like within the the scope of being a united church. Are you are you an affirming faith community? Where do you kind of land on uh, sort of on that 
spectrum? It's definitely an affirming. We, 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 we've been an affirming community for, for several years, and I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember how long it's been, but it has been a while. Um, we did undertake uh, the process to, you know, do a study group and, and meet the criteria to become an affirming ministry. Um, we're um, very fortunate in that one of the former um, uh, commission members, commissioners for the um, National Truth and Reconciliation Commission, uh, resides in Yellowknife and is a member of our congregation. So oh, wow. through their affiliation with our congregation, we um, we hope that uh, through that uh, that affiliation and our own efforts and, and and intention, that our journey towards truth and reconciliation is is honorable and 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 you know pointing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like any congregation, you know, we sort of look at ourselves and is 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 the diversity and the 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 word are the words that we say in our mission statement and our vision statement about being an all our welcome place is is it reflected in who we see coming, not just mm-hmm. on Sunday, but to our pancake suppers, to our Christmas tea and sales, because those aren't necessarily members who worship at the church with us, but they come to our community events in our space. And and yes. is how how diverse is our like if, if you're a river you have all the catchment area and the tributaries right yes so beautiful these people are not necessarily congregants but they're still they still care about making um, the world a good place mm-hmm. and some of that happens in and around our space we have I'll give you an example we've got a partnership with the school across the road from us across the road from our complex uh, there's one of the public schools in town and they've got this huge public garden that is part for their student uh, for their families that attend the school it's part for our vulnerable residents that live in the uh, residential tower of our building run by the corporation not by the church it's a separate thing but it's affiliated with and it's this beautiful partnership. Now, a lot of the people that do that work of preparing the garden beds and planting the seeds and watering and all that kind of stuff, some of them are church members, but the vast majority of them are not church members. Mm. But the work is all pulling in the same direction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So our congregation is our congregation, but our impact and our influence, I hope, I humbly and sincerely hope, is broader than that through the various outreach projects that we do through the existence of our building, through the programs that we do through, you know, Northern, through the Community Services Corporation itself, but also through our church, you know, the Mm -hmm. Warm Feet for the Streets program where we collect uh, socks with appropriate things for people who are struggling with homelessness, who just need like a nice new pair. We used to do a foot washing program. We would partner with the housing, uh, sorry, the Health and Social Services Authority because we have a lot of healthcare professionals in our congregation and they would do this weekly, maybe monthly foot care program where the volunteers would go in and wash the feet of people struggling with homelessness and do foot care. I love that. That's so cool. COVID put the kibosh to that, let me tell you. But the the warm feet for the street program was a big part of that, right? Um, and 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 just many 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 examples that the outreach committee does. We 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 partner uh, uh, with um, 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 foods, uh, what's it called? It's a food security initiative, food rescue. Basically, oh, they'll go to restaurants yeah. and, and grocery stores and take food that would otherwise be pitched, repurpose it, throw away the broken eggs, uh, sure. peel off a bad bit of the tomato saw, the tomato and make mush out of it, and it goes to feed um, different people in different places appropriately. And That's our wonderful. church members are connected to that. 
right? Yeah. Are all the people at Food Rescue Yellowknife United Church people? No, not at all. But I'd like to think we are, as a congregation, very much, we have little pseudopods oozing out into all the different aspects <laughs> of Yellowknife. Yeah. And at the heart of it is our faith as, as members of this, of this community that comes together. But we're also connected to these affiliated partner organizations who have nothing to do with us, yeah. just, you know, sort of guilty by association. Love it. So it's it's not that none of this work could possibly go take place without uh, Yellowknife United Church, but you're yet at the same time you're an integral part of the inner workings of all these different tentacles <laughs> that are reaching out, or the roots that are spreading out into the community through this uh, through the garden, through the um, all the different programs that you listed. I, yeah. Would you say, Lauren, that the fact that you worship in a space that is not a traditional, you know, church building. The fact that you are in this hall that's part of, you know, has all these other things going on in the building, that mm-hmm. it actually leads to, um, that it, it results in you being a greater part of the community and, and connect more connected to I, I would hope so, because, I mean, we're very prominently on the main street uh, in the downtown core. Um, it's a very big building. It's right on the main intersection uh, where there's a lot of coming and going. Um, people are from the various user groups that are using the multipurpose area in the church. Plus, there's, you know, the residents of the tower. Plus, there's the, the, the three floor um, or the big anchor client mm-hmm. there. People are coming and going all the time. So it's, it's a going concern. There's a lot going on. Um, I, I think the answer to your question is yes, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, so Lorna, this is a bit of a, a change of gears, maybe a little bit, but I would love for you to share, um, in whatever way feels right or comfortable for you, just what the experience this summer has been for yourself personally and for your faith community, uh, with all of the evacuations and the displacement uh, as a result of the, all the wildfires affecting Yellowknife. What can you sure. tell us or share with us about that? So normally what we would do in the summer is we would go to our summer worship mode. And before our, our dear friends from the Lutheran congregation uh, wrapped it up, unfortunately, we would uh, do shared, shared worship with the Lutherans. And, you know, sort of the United Church minister would take July and the Lutheran Church minister would take August. And it would be sort of a shorter, more intimate setting in the chapel as opposed to in the auditorium. And it would be um, 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday as opposed to 11. And a lot of people would just go, hey, I'm sailing. I mean, myself, I've got a sailboat. And that for me is a sacrament. Like that is time with God. So I go to, I, if the weather's nice, I'm worshiping on the lake. And there are a lot of people that have cabins or they've got, um, uh, they've got a powerboat and they go out to the east arm of Great Slave Lake, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, and, and that's okay. Like there is no, I grew up my, my faith tradition initially. My, my parents uh, fortunately gave me the gift of, of faith and, and belonging to community very early on in the context of the Roman Catholic Church in the East Coast, where it's like, you do not miss church and there will be questions <laughs> asked and, you know, you got to yeah. keep up appearances and all that kind of They're stuff. They're taking attendance. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like, what? I can go sailing and no one's going to judge me and then cast me aside, in, you know, into the pit of despair? Hey, I, I like this place, plus the fact that it's affirming and, and all those other reasons. So, our, our but this year... It's just us and our Lutheran friends, you know, that that church ceased to exist. 
And, and so I personally was going a little bit more regularly as well, because I, hmm. I wanted to maintain that connection and um, it was smoky. It was gross. It was, hmm. and here's the deal. We live up North winters are long and the days are short. Now we're below um, the Arctic circle. We're not above the Arctic circle. Right. So being below the Arctic circle, we do actually get some sun every day, even on the solstice in the winter, the shortest day of the year, the sun will come up at around 1030 and go down at around 230 and boom, don't blink, you'll miss it, but you'll get some sun if it's a clear day. So when the summer comes and those long, beautiful midnight sun days come, you are like, oh, thank you, creator, for this beautiful blue, crispy sunshine. Wait, why, why is it brown? What? Why is it brown? What? Why is it brown? And it's like, I've just gone through the winter why is the sky brown? So people were getting a little twitchy. Okay, I was getting a little twitchy and really missing the blue sky and the sunshine. Oh, I bet. And there was an edginess. It was it was in your eyes. It was in your throat. It was like, yeah. I really need, I really need to see the sky. I really need to see the sky. Um, and then it became more and more apparent. Like, I think some of the communities, I forget which one, but Hay River or Smith or somebody or Bechoco was evacuated one to the other and then to us you know like as, as as the progression as the dominoes fell right and then it's like okay they're going to issue an order for this neighborhood of Yellowknife is going to have to be on an alert and then all of a sudden it's like because the rumor had been shelter in place shelter in place shelter in place run for the hills at the last minute and people right. are talking about that and they will be talking about that for years to come as a faith community, we were part of that because we live in town and we sense that. Of and course. people are like, oh, well, so-and-so's out, you know, putting sprinklers at the cabin or doing uh, fire smarting around their house. Or, oh, we haven't seen so-and-so for a while because they're, you know, worried about the super low water levels uh, and they can't get out to their cabin by boat. So they had to find an alternative. Like you're hearing the stories about this ramping up anxiety and worry about no rain, Fire's getting closer. The smoke is not going away. The water level is freakishly low, which is having all kinds of impacts all over the Northwest Territories in lots of ways. And uh, I was supposed to preside on the Sunday after our evacuation. That was one of my Sundays where I was going to help out. And I had prepared a service on lamentation because I was feeling pretty lamenty. And I was kind of like, all right, this is enough, you know, yeah. like... Okay. I want to. I want to complain. I want to shake my little fist. I want to do a tevia and have my angry conversation with my God. And I didn't get to do the service until we came back, right? Because the the call was uh, the call was issued, and off we all went in our various ways, scattering to the winds. And uh, we had a Zoom meeting. We had we we got together. We we emailed each other, and we said uh, with our Google group, we've got a Google email group, mm -hmm. and we reached out to people and said. We're just going to have a really simple, simple, like there's going to be one little prayer, one little reading. We're going to have some visiting time. It's going to be a quick little thing just to say, how are you? Yeah. We did that, I think, within the first week and a half of being okay. evacuated, just so that we could we could touch base yeah, with each other. Check in. Yeah. And that was really, really nice. Um, um, I personally, I connected with a choir. Uh uh, one of my old friends from Aurora Coriolis, which is the unauditioned community choir up here. That's um, a great name for <laughs> Aurora Coriolis. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, it's the Elnip Choral Society has three choirs: a children's choir called Fireweed, um, a currently not functioning chamber choir, and then the big unauditioned community choir called Aurora Coriolis. And we had this wonderful director, uh, assistant director for a while, who went to 
Winnipeg to study their masters and is now like the director of a United Church somewhere in Winnipeg. And that's where I ended up was Winnipeg during the evacuation. So okay. I reached to this friend, we went for a meal and they said, do you want to come to my church choir rehearsal? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I totally want to come to your church rehearsal. Cause that for me was, I'm missing my church. I'm not, I'm missing my church and I'm also missing my community choir. So there was this need to, I, I need to do my usual things. And if that's going to church, if that's going to yoga, if that's um, singing in a choir, if that's whatever, how mm -hmm. am I going to find that where I am? I will add at this point, there were a lot of people who were really, 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 really refugees, desperate refugees. Mm. I was not one of them. I landed very comfortably on my feet with chosen family in Winnipeg who took me in. Mm. and loved me and nurtured me and everything was good. I know there are a lot of people who are still suffering and will be for a while, the consequences economically, spiritually, um, mentally, psychically about this whole experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when I'm talking about all the fun that I've had, I, I, I hasten to add that there are people and a lot of the people that we see every day walking in and around our building where our church is mm. and our neighbors and our, our fellow residents on this, you know, sort of yeah. on the streets that we share, um, had a whole different experience of the evacuation. Sure. Well, then, I was just like, thinking about that. And, and, and thank you for making that, uh, providing that distinction and checking your, your privilege uh, in, in that regard, because um, that's so true. There's mm -hmm. so many people that wouldn't have necessarily had uh, you know, uh, this, the experience that you had of, yeah. of being, and I mean, like I, I was telling you just before we started recording, we had a few people um, that were staying in Bashoff here for a little while and uh, from Yellowknife. And I I hope that they felt welcome here in our community. I hope that it was a, a, a time that they were able to, to feel the support and to have their basic needs met and, and to not just have a place to sleep, but to also, uh, have some connection and and yeah. feel safe, you know. Um, but certainly not everyone necessarily experienced that, and especially if already before the the evacuations, if they were already experiencing uh, the stress uh, and uh, of of homelessness uh, in Yellowknife, and then all of a sudden you have to leave. Uh, yeah. I, I just can't imagine what how difficult that would have been. Well, and some some people evacuated took. Kelowna didn't and wasn't Kelowna partially evacuated shortly after <laughs> yeah. that. So oh. some people I think from Yellowknife said, Oh, we'll just go visit our family in Kelowna. It's like, what the heck? And then they had to sort of pull up stakes and go again, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we had at one point during our search for our, our our previous search for a minister, one of the lovely visiting ministers that we had during that time. Uh, has uh, a basis in um, trauma-informed counseling as well oh, as wow. being an ordained minister and had done a lot of work in Northern Alberta when the um, floods and fires and locusts and all that stuff was happening several years ago. So um, we were privileged to have that person with us. I think it was like maybe an Advent cycle, I think during Advent Christmas cycle, okay. I can't remember exactly, but very clear that that trauma-informed counseling background meshed nicely with um, um, Christian spirituality in a, a sort of very progressive United Church context was like the beautiful, like lovely combination. And um, she actually wrote to some members of our, our 
worship committee and shared documents about ministry in crisis, in disaster, mm. in natural disaster, things to anticipate. So we're we're combing through those as we as we, you know, integrate these experiences into our True. into our the reality of our faith community. Oh, that's so wonderful! What a blessing to have that. Um, again, just an example of the right person in the right place at the right time to, for mm-hmm. your community, and and what that must have added and it is adding. Um, the impact sounds like it's continuing. Uh, wow. Uh, I, I'm kind of I'm mindful of our time, Lauren, but um, I would love to to hear to just hear more about uh, your your story, and it, it's so inspiring, really, to to connect with you and to to hear about your faith community and all the things that that are happening there. As as people are coming back into their homes, what has what has that sort of looked like, uh, and what are you hearing and and feeling? Uh, <laughs> people people are happy to be home yeah, but everyone, but... everyone is waiting for the other shoe to drop right everyone is waiting mm. for the other shoe to drop because we we know that it's like yep okay there's my kitchen yep there's my bed uh-huh everything's good everything i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and then something's just going to go sproying and a spring is going to fly out of somebody's ear and they're like no i'm not fine i have to mm. feel this pain i have the, the whole sort of lamentation you know deal with it uh you have to feel the pain before you can move on to the next phase of healing right mm-hmm. um yeah it's not just about the physical and you know being allowed back into your into the comfort of your own home and sleeping in your your bed and having a hot shower it's take it you really have to do the work to process the emotions of what you've been yes. through yes and so ironically there was a plan to have a welcome back party in the park and it was a beautiful idea and it was a lovely idea and i still had some um, work to do on my boat so i get up in the morning and the sky is red like mm. mars red because there was so much smoke thank you northern wow. Alberta, at a high altitude like it wasn't down on the ground it was so high it was like apocalypse red it wow. was so red and I was meeting my non-biological nephew. You know, he was the strong back to help me move all the things from my boat. And I texted and, and I'm like, okay, meet me for breakfast at such and such a place. And we're like walking around, looking at the sky going, the sun is up, right? Like the sun is up. And they had to cancel that welcome back party because oh. the air quality was so dangerous that it's like, you can't take the children to the bouncy castle and go to the food truck and listen to a few bands and celebrate being back when the sky looks like at any moment, you know, like aliens are going to descend. So it was, um, <laughs> it, w- it was a little bit of a false start, right? Uh-huh. I think people are doing what they need to do in their own ways. I hope they are, yeah. but corporate, corporately, I think as a, as a society, and that's one of the things that I, I, I remember from the, the lamentation service that we experienced, because we did get to do the lamentation experience, um, is there are very few, like funeral services, are sanctioned lamentation. But there's so much about, no, 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 you're good. Turn that frown upside down. And the dynamic sometimes in some cases is, you're good, aren't you? No, no, you're fine. As opposed to feel it, um, move through it, use a spiritual support, use a psychological support, use both, and, and then move through it through whatever your medium is, uh, um, liturgical, uh, creative dance, journal, painting, prayer, whatever, do your thing, like get it out. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
we're doing, we, the United Church, we do two or three times a year a labyrinth because our, our space is an auditorium. Mm. We take down a labyrinth in the space and we create this beautiful sort of mystical grotto with candles and a meditation space and mandalas to color and the labyrinth to walk and interesting ethereal chant piping in through the music. Wow. It's just like, come and walk this because it's it's autumn equinox, right? That's a change of the season. We're yeah. saying goodbye to the light. We're saying hello to the darkness and the beautiful aurora and all that kind of stuff. But we're also processing this thing, this this evacuation that has just happened to us. So come and do some content, contemplative walking. So that's one of the things that hmm. I'm offering the United Church through the the you know through the the the, the worship committee. We're putting it together to do this, and we've got a lot of people that come to the labyrinths who never come to church, and that's okay. I'm not saying that as a judgment. They never come to church, but the labyrinth is a it's a high holy experience for them. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. I love hearing stories like that, Lauren, of, and it's so relatable to the way that we are trying to organize and um, and live out our faith community here in Basha and, and in Pinoka, where it's not about recruiting people to come sit in a pew on a Sunday morning. We are we we have a giant sign on the front of our church in Basha right beside our rainbow sidewalk that says be the church. And then um, on the spot here, I'm not going to remember all of the fine print, but there's mm. all these different examples below those big words of be the church of what that can mean and, and all the different ways that we strive to live and share God's love in our community. And mm. it is through the suppers and the yard sales and the community garden that we have. And we have uh, very similar to, to, to you guys, we have, um, a partnership with the school that is we have a K our school is uh, just kitty corner to the church it's a k-12 mm -hmm. school and yeah. their junior high and senior high drama programs use our space because we have a thriving community theater group that uses the the bash united you church were and, set the other day you told me yeah so it's just like i i just love these stories because it's indicative of i think a shift, a necessary shift away from this mindset of being church is the structure of coming and sitting in for sitting for an hour on a Sunday morning and singing mm -hmm. the hymns and going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, Robin always says, uh, tradition is wonderful if those practices have still have meaning. The moment yeah. that they cease to have meaning for the people practicing those traditions then it's just going through the motions yeah and and so yeah. we just i just celebrate that you guys are doing things um that that are engaging the community supporting people in need sharing love and support and compassion and meeting people where they're at and yeah. sometimes that's on a sunday morning sometimes it's not well it's it's nice to hear um, that when I say these things out loud, that I, I hope I'm doing a, an accurate job of depicting. This is my experience of my church, right? Um, yeah. It might be some other people might have different perceptions of what we're doing, but I I, I thank you for that feedback because that's really what we're trying to do, right? Is to to be a place where some people can come and do things that are in line with some really powerful messages that we have mm -hmm. an opportunity to embody. And, and that can happen in a lot of different beautiful ways that mm -hmm. sometimes might happen on Sunday, but not exclusively. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we just like to say that we're a seven-day-a-week church. Yeah. Um, this one friend, I used to, um, I, I've known them forever when I first moved up here, and I was still sort of in a loose elliptical orbit around the Roman Catholic Church at the time, not going very often. <laughs> but I would always go to the United Church Pancake Supper. Like, for years, I would go to the United Church Pancake Supper. Yeah. And my friend leaned in one day, and I love her like a sister, and she leaned in one day, and she said, you know, we're here on Sundays too, right? <laughs> and that was the beginning of my sort of, you know, shifting my orbital focus from the Roman Catholic mm. Church to what I discovered is this beautiful brain and spirit empowering, affirming, lovely community that I'm now connected with. Wow. It's it's amazing sometimes looking back, you know, often we don't notice it in the moment, but looking back and, and being able to discern, mm-hmm. that, huh, that was a pivotal conversation or this one comment that someone said just nudged me enough to to disturb the, like you I love the imagery of, of being in this elliptical orbit and and sometimes it just takes a little thrust a little nudge and yeah. all of a sudden you you start to depart from the comfortable well-worn path that we're in and mm-hmm. we start to explore like the imagery of someone walking a, a labyrinth uh, you, you slow down and you you take these deliberate steps that are on a meandering new path, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a path of discovery, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a path of, of deconstruction. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of uh, the naked pastor. I am As, indeed. Yes. Okay. Well, he came on this podcast a couple of years ago, so you'll have to check out that episode. It was, it was, that was a wonderful conversation. And I'm sure that your journey of whether it felt like a deconstruction or just a, a discovery journey of, of finding your place uh, in the within the United Church and within the faith community you're in now, um, I, I can't imagine what that was like, but I, I, especially because I don't have a firsthand experience of Catholicism, but just from the lim- little bit that I know about it, it's, it's pretty different. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty mm-hmm. different background uh, than, than the theology and, and, uh, and faith practice that, that I'm sure you're in now so oh yeah i mean there was so many things about all the bells and smells that i had no idea why we were even doing them <laughs> the and then I bought this and book, <laughs> right and I, I bought this book called why do catholics even do that uh, as an adult and i'm like yeah. oh if only someone had told me it may have made more sense at the time but it was really empowering for me to say okay this makes sense now and yeah. I'm still very grateful for what that gave me. Right, sure. it, it's still part of my my who I am. And um, I, I kind of go all over. I mean, when I'm in a big city, I find an Anglican cathedral for choral evensong because oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And who could not love a giant pipe organ and a full choir? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I will go where the spirit moves me, type of thing. Like I right. said, if it's on a sailboat on Sunday morning, that's okay too. Yeah. When I was a kid, on a lot of our family vacations, we would end up in new places. Uh, we, you know, different cities. Uh, oftentimes, uh, in the United States, we'd we'd try to go places where it was going to be warmer during the winter. And my parents uh, would often be attending some continuing education. Uh, they were both they're both retired optometrists, and so we would find ourselves in you know, somewhere in Arizona or in, in California and, and mom and dad are attending this conference and then, oh, it's Sunday, where should we go to church? And we would, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was before the internet, just barely. 
and we would flip through the newspaper and look at the different churches. And sometimes I don't know how we ended up where we ended up, but we <laughs> we might be at a, a Baptist church or uh, a you know pretty evangelical evangelical church or an Anglican service mm-hmm. or Lutheran or. And it was always interesting. I have so many different interesting memories as a kid of the different styles of worship and the different types of churches. And, and some of them just absolutely enormous or they had a huge choir or what have you. And, and just everything felt different and you weren't sure what to do. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was an interesting just sliver of experience of just being like this, almost a fly on the wall and experiencing from the outside, like as a visitor. So have you, where are you sort of like uh, born into the United Church tradition or is that something mm-hmm. that you came later in life? Or? Yeah. So um, actually by my, on both sides of my family, grandparents were attended United Churches. Uh, I grew up in the United Church in Pinoca actually, who were, who were uh, now partnered with, through Rising Spirit with. So mm-hmm. um, both the Pinocchio and Bash United Church are dear, near and dear to my heart and uh, yeah, grew up in in the United Church. My wife, Kelly, grew up uh, here in the Bash United Church. Um, and so that's kind of been, actually, when, when Kelly and I lived in Halifax for just about a year, um, we tried to find uh, a place to, to to belong in terms of finding a, a church community. And we, kind of similar thing, we we tried out so many different types of, of uh, churches. One of them rented the space of a, a movie theater on Sunday mornings. Okay. <laughs> so they'd have the huge, it kind of makes sense, actually, you know, you can use the big screen and you've got the stadium seating and yeah, it's like yeah. a sound for insulated coffee. space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for your coffee, right? Yeah. Um, but now that, that's really funny. You hear so many stories about all the Nova Scotians that go out to Alberta, but you don't hear about the Albertans that go to Nova Scotia. <laughs> Are you, um, I think I saw on, I creeped on your Facebook page and, and it said that you're from Nova Scotia. I'm from Cape Breton, right from the well, soul fucking pit of despair of Sydney itself. <laughs> well, you don't, you haven't held on to much of the accent. Um, I can, I, I don't drink anymore, but boy, when I drank, it came back with a, with a, with a vengeance. <laughs> I can do uh, it if I'm doing theater. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been told that if I spend more than a couple of days on the East Coast, I start to mimic the accent without realizing it. And people will ask mm-hmm. me, hey, are you from out East? And, no, I'm just a big fan. Oh, my goodness. There was this, I, when I was still teaching um, um, the two school districts here, there's a um, Yellowknife Education District number one and Yellowknife Catholic Schools. And they're both they're both public boards and they were sharing professional development at the time. So they brought up this very skilled clinician in a very uh, arcane aspect of, of, of child um, uh, pedagogy. And she was from somewhere in the United States that had a very particular accent. So, you know, people from both school districts came together and spent a week. We all got substitute teachers and we had a week with this person to learn from this very um uh, respected and revered person and by the end of the time we were all talking like this because we'd spent the whole week with her and she had this really definitive accent and it wasn't meant to be disrespectful and we couldn't help ourselves and it took us a little while to get rid of it so we're like yeah the accent a beautiful <laughs> accent like that how can you not right yeah totally well um yeah the nova scotia is such a beautiful and special place that uh i haven't been back there in a little while but 
Um, do you get back to, to home to Cape Breton? A very, couple of times a year. Yeah. A couple of times a year. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good then. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a journey from, from Yellowknife. Oh, these days too. Yes. It, uh, when I, I remember the very first time I did it coming up here, it was a lot of flights mm. and, um, a lot of scotch, but, um, the, uh, now these days, I, I don't know that I can do it without an overnight somewhere. Just the, mm. the airline schedule has changed so yeah. much yeah. that it necessitates an overnight in each direction. Yeah. And so many flights end up delayed and things. It just <laughs> takes the stress out of it. To oh, you were it studying in Halifax, were you? No, uh, I took a job um, out of university a couple of years after I'd graduated from university. I had a job uh-huh. opportunity that took me out there and my uh, Kelly and I had just started dating at the time and she we, she came with me and we lived out nice. there for just about a year. Nice. Um, St. Andrews, yeah. actually, so we, we did find um, a church that we really connected with while we were out there and it was St. Andrews United where I actually... Is that on Coburg? The... Yes. That's on Coburg. That's um, right. who, was the, who was the minister? Uh, Ross Day. Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, no way. I, I, I go there every time in Halifax, I go there because currently the minister is an old colleague from Yellowknife Education District number one, Susan Chisholm. Susan used to be a teacher up here for YK1 and her husband uh, worked in healthcare and yeah. now they're in Halifax and she's the minister at um, at St. Andrews. And well, I, every time I go there, I I am uplifted and I am just, because I mean, she's, she's an old, an old Yellowknife friend, um, and it's such a beautiful service. Um, it's lovely. And it's, yeah, well, I'm glad you connected to that community. That was, that was, that's a lovely congregation. Yeah, it really was. And I, I, uh, for a short period of time, really enjoyed being part of the choir there. Um, it was just an incredible space to, to sing in and to a wonderful group of people and lots of great memories from that. Yeah. She's been recruiting me every time. Oh, you should move. If you move to Halifax, if you do decide to come, the gay men's chorus sings here. They use us <laughs> as their rehearsal space. And I'm like, thank you, Susan. It's very tempting. It's very tempting. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily see myself shifting from Yellowknife. Uh, evacuations notwithstanding anytime soon, sure. except to travel, of course, because it's, it, it is, it's been, I came here for two months in 1991 and if I haven't shifted yet, I think um, I'm pretty stuck. Yeah. Well, not be not. It sounds. It, it's clear to me that you have such a passion for the community, and that you've really found a place there uh, to really belong and to contribute. And and that's such a beautiful story to hear. That uh, it definitely sounds like it's not a case of someone just you know uh, a rock gathering moss out of just staying put and, and not knowing where to go, but you, but you really just found, found a beautiful place. It's just too cold and miserable. If you don't like it here, you're gone within two years. And then if you kind of sort of like it, look out cause you're a lifer. Yeah. It's kind of all or nothing. Hey. Yeah. That's been my experience anyway. Mm, that makes sense. Well, Lauren, it's such a pleasure to, uh, to meet you tonight and to just hear some of your story and thank you for so openly sharing just, what your community has been going through, uh, how the Yellowknife United Church has been a part of supporting people and and just the work uh, of the church, uh, you know, outside of this uh, disaster, but just the ongoing work that your church is doing and and where you're at as a community. It's it's really great to connect and to just hear hear about it. 
Thank you for the opportunity. One of the big, you just tweaked an idea. We often do um, the service of comfort. Service of comfort is a, one of those other things like the labyrinth where sometimes people who, you know, never come to church on a Sunday, and again, that's not a judgment, will come quite intentionally to the service of mm. comfort or Blue Christmas, people know it as. I'm just having a little idea that we, we might need to do an early service of comfort and to just make it an offer for people and just say, if you're needing, like, and the labyrinth is one mode of doing something like that, but it's not mm. going it might not resonate with everyone. I might need to have a little word with the other friends on the worship committee and say, is it time <laughs> to do maybe a, a mid, a mid off from service of comfort, just sort of post evacuation return. Oh. How are y'all doing? Yeah. Come and have a little, come and have a little hymn sing, come and have a little candle lighting and have a cup of tea and yeah that's food for thought yeah that sounds beautiful wish i could be there for it lauren <laughs> thank you very much for your interest and your support i really appreciate the opportunity to share some stories with you well thank you for saying yes when i when i did reach out and making yourself available uh, for some time to connect tonight this was really fun and i uh, hope we can stay connected and yeah, uh, just hope that um, you and all who are near and dear to you in your community um, do uh, start to to heal from any of the trauma and and stress that, that this recent experience has, has put everyone through. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners out there, uh, thank you for joining in this conversation. There's uh, 130 some other episodes of Six Ways from Sunday that are all available on our website if you'd like to, to hear more uh, stories like Lauren's, very casual conversations where we just explore uh, people's faith journeys and some of the deeper questions of being humans uh, in this world. So check those out at risingspiritministry.com. Uh, click on the media button and you'll find the podcasts there. You can also subscribe to Six Ways from Sunday on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for joining us and Lauren, thank you once again. Thank you very much. And until next time, everyone, take care and be well. <laughs>